The History Man with Terry Kringle. Hello. What used to be known as the Red Pier in Douglas Harbour was extended in 1936 to become the King Edward Pier, which, we are given to understand, is the only public facility in the British Isles to bear the name of the man who refused to be King of England. He had succeeded to the throne as King Edward VIII, but in that dramatic year of 1936, he announced, after no more than a year on the throne, that he wanted to abdicate to enable him to marry the woman he loved, Wallace Simpson, an American socialite, causing an unprecedented constitutional crisis. King George VI took his place on the throne. Right, that out of the way, we can get back to when the Red Pier was opened back in 1801, which in its own way was a great occasion in the history of the Isle of Man. The ceremony was led by the Duke of Athol, who had laid the foundation stone in 1793, following his appointment as Governor-General of the island. Nearly everybody living in Douglas in those days turned up for it and took the opportunity of being the first people to walk on the pier. It was the first public work scheme to be carried out in the island for many years, and it had been paid for by the government in London. It cost £22,000, call it more than one and a half million in today's money, and it replaced an earlier attempt in 1760 to build a new pier which was wrecked in a severe storm before it could be completed. The architect of the new pier was Mr George Stewart, a Scot who had long been under the patronage of the Dukes of Athol, and he carried out a number of important commissions in the island. Now we come to the matter of why his structure became known as the Red Pier, instantly, and was known as such for many years afterwards, until it became the basis of the King Edward Pier. It was because it and its associated public buildings were built of stone imported from Arran in Scotland, Mr. Stewart's choice, obviously, and this was easily carved and was of a distinct reddish colour. There seems to have been no need for thinking up something else, perhaps celebrating the name of an historical personality of the time. It reflected local public favour. The people had not exactly spoken. They had just thought the name up among themselves. Otherwise, there's no doubt that the Red Pier had added greatly to the facilities of Douglas Harbour, which were sadly neglected at the time. Its 530 feet in length provided a deep-water berth, and at high tide it enabled people arriving by sea to get ashore more readily. In its offices, passenger arrivals and departures could be logged, and there could be checks on possibly smuggled goods. There was also a courthouse and a temporary jail. But for the residents of Douglas, the Red Pier was a huge social blessing. There were no promenades around the bay for taking a stroll in fine weather back then, and for the great and the good of the town, it was where the best people could stroll and socialise by the sea. The surface had good-looking flagstones, so much so that people were asked not to walk there with heavy footwear which could cause damage. But all that ended with the conversion work on what became the King Edward Pier in 1936. Fortunately, for me anyway, there was eventually some work to be done on the surface of the new pier about, I think, ten years ago, and I as a journalist was invited to go and have a look at it. 
Part of the red pier surface was now exposed to the open air for the first time in a long time, and I jumped at what was a rare and unexpected opportunity to make a name for myself. In other words, I'm delighted to say that I am one of the few people who has walked, well, actually stood because the hole wasn't all that big underfoot, on the original red pier of a couple of centuries earlier. And yes, let me assure you, it is still red.